place here at Spirit here. We thank you that you already are present with us. So we're all going to need to pray. So just, um, you know, we're already in the presence of the Lord here and now. So you've made this easy for me because I believe that if I'm understanding the Holy Spirit correctly, we're at the point when you would look at the maybe the tabernacle motif that we're in the inner court. But, but here's what the Lord wants to do with us. He wants to take us into the most holy place. And he assigned me uh, this morning, he said, access the entry point. And so we're going to go in together. I've run one meeting like this. This will be my second one. I've not done a meeting like this before uh, except one other time. And and it's just amazing what's probably going to happen in this meeting. And we're going to be very tender to the Holy Spirit because we have to host Him. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to allow Him to have His way with us. And I, I want an event today. I think the Lord does. There's this statement, you only live twice. Once when you're born and once when you look death right in the face. And this is what's happening in the church right now. We've got to stare everything in the face and say, you're not going to have me. You're not going to have my childhood and my background. And we're going, we've got to let, we're going to lay it all aside. Second Peter 1 says this. He said, hey, he's like, don't look at what is near you. Don't look at what is near you right now. I want you to like cast aside every weight that hinders and the sin that does so easily besets you and look to the author. Jesus, we look at you. We want you, Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way with us. The Spirit of the Word is going to begin to move in this meeting. And when He starts to move on, you just let him have his way you'll see you're going to feel his spirit if you don't already feel his spirit Holy Spirit wreck us remake us redo us revive us restore us have your way this morning Lord
just get everybody to hold hands. Just, just, just start praying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take us up, Lord. Take us up, Lord. Take us up, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect us in your love, Father. Protect us, protect us, Lord. We thank you for your divine protection, Lord. We thank you for your direction, Lord. We thank you for your provision, Jesus. Thank you for provision for healing, Lord. We just speak healing in this room right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for healing, Lord. We thank you. Release power for healing. Jesus, thank you for provision, Lord, for access for your kingdom, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of your ministries have been dragged uh, in, in chains down into the depths of hell because you, you have to know the Lord even in the depths of even in the depths of hell, the Lord wants you to know that you, He is with you. Release some ministries, Lord, in this, in this place right now. Jesus, we ask you to release your ministers to your ministries, Lord. Release the song of the Lord. Release the intercessors, Jesus. Release your gifts this morning, Lord. Release your gifts in your body, Jesus. A thousand generations have waited for this moment. A thousand generations have been praying and interceding for this moment. Grant divine favor, Lord, for your glory, Lord, for your glory alone, Lord. May your name be lifted on high, Jesus. Release evangelism, Lord. Release evangelism, Jesus. Jesus, I'm getting a vision from the word of like, a, you know, chains and people bound in darkness. Um, Jesus, we just pray to break every chain. Jesus, we pray right now. Jesus, we ask you, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to open up this area, Lord, for an outpouring of your spirit. Lord, we ask you to break every chain. Break every chain. Every chain that's come against your people, Lord. Men against the captives enslaved, Lord. We ask you, Lord. 
Oh, cause intercession for revival to come, Lord. Oh, Jesus, cause it to come, Lord. Oh, bring a unity, Lord. Bring a unity, Lord. Jesus, bring your unity, Lord. Jesus, Succeed in wearing out the saints of God. Amen. You will not succeed in wearing out God's saints. Oh, Jesus. Spirit, baptize us, Lord. Spirit, fire us, Lord. Empower us, Lord. Okay, so uh, Second Peter chapter one, verse ten. Actually, verse. Uh, I'm going to give this to you from the Lord today. It's what He was giving me. Second Peter one, verse. Wait, back up. Let's just go to verse. Uh, verse five. I was made aware of the Holy Spirit that we need a demonstration of power. And we've hosted the presence of God, but we need to see the power of God. And everything's been fighting you and me to keep us out of the power dimension. The enemy's trying to stop you uh, because he knows who you are. He knows who you are. And, you know, all that's going on here is we need a demonstration of the presence of God. Because the power of God is released out of the presence of God. And we need to be able to differentiate those two things, presence and power. Many of us have had to look death in the face and the darkness in the face. We've got to stare that down because there is a victory and power in Jesus yes. that he's already provided. Resurrection power yes. is available to us. But you and I must pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Or activate the gift of God that he's placed inside of you, whether it's health, administrations, uh, intercession, whatever it is. Activate the gift, and then out of the gift will come the power. God's power is available right now. It's not a, it's not a future tense uh, thing. The power of God is here right now.
to demonstrate uh, his uh, grace to us. And for too long, we've seen it such as a future tense thing. We need to see him today, as it says in Hebrews. Why would it call today? Amen. So every moment is a moment of presence entertain to, uh, for the Holy Spirit to bring power. And we, we're going to get a bigger uh, distance. Uh, the distance is going to be shrunk between presence and power. What I mean is, is uh, many of us, uh, things have got in the way of that distance. Um, when Jesus did, when Jesus said something, he saw it happen. Okay? When God created, it said he said and he saw. Well, you and I, this is what y'all spoke of the millennial generation, but they want it now. That's right. well, actually, there's something to that because we were made to want to see something right now. You know, they may be, a lot of them may be looking at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but we were made to see a demonstration of God right now. You and I were made that way. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, um, my daddy would say, unload the truck, but he'd back the truck back way over there, and then he'd tell me to carry everything right there. I said, Dow, you got to bring the truck right here. We'll unload it right there. Some things can happen right here instead of it having to be something I'm looking for way out there. When you touch into Holy Spirit, like, well, we're just, it's just modeling. You can breach through an atmosphere. It's called New Covenant Access. You can walk into the, because we're New Covenant people, we can access the kingdom of God. And I think my assignment this morning is to talk to you about what is preventing access or that entry point for your life. Because there are blockers that are trying to come against us all the time to get our eyes off focus. For instance, our physical health will get attacked. Okay, every great move of God or people of God, generally speaking, deal with either financial provision, provision for healing, or provision related to finances. And so there's this provision and protection and direction aspect that goes into every move of God. The Lord wants us to move where we can see beyond that. I'm going to show you this in 2 Peter 1 uh, this morning. He said, um, now we'll go to verse uh, 5 for this very reason. Adding your diligence. Employ every effort in exercising your faith. Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word. Word. Okay, without faith it's what? Impossible to please God. Because you must what? Listen, there's so much atheism within the church and agnosticism. People are living there. They're, they're sitting in their pew, but they're really more atheists than people that call themselves atheists. I'll tell you why. Because they don't believe that he literally is superintending on everything in their life. You know how you know that? Because the way people are compartmentalized in the way that they live their life. You know that atheism is taken over when you compartmentalize God. I do my own thing, and then I go and I fellowship with God yeah, yeah. at convenient times. That is atheism in effect. Because you're basically saying, I don't believe he is. It means that you don't believe, or I don't believe, or people don't believe that eyes are, of the Father are watching and can see everything and every moment at every time and, and delights in us as His sons and daughters. He's a rewarder. And so this is so crucial that we get this uh, capacity within ourselves to know that everything's going on in my life right now that God is not unaware. I mean, it says every hair He knows. Everything He knows. He is, un- he is so aware He's aware of this meeting this morning. He's aware of, he's aware from one billion per, infinite perspective. He can look through, he can look, he can look through the, the wall at us from that direction. He can look through that door handle from that per, perspective. He can look through your own eyes from a perspective. He can look through them from a perspective. He has perspective that is infinite. We get prophetic and we get three perspectives and we're just blown up. <laughs> Right? It, it, it excites us and as well as it should, but he's looking infinitely from every perspective wow. at every moment, wow. and we can trust him. Amen. I think Amen. this is the foundation behind any move of God is the trust of a good and benevolent and loving Amen. Father. Amen. That he's good. good. And when you're going through the, anybody else experience that? Or the hands are tied behind your back? <laughs> your protection and your provision, and you don't know which way to go? Mm-hmm. Father, you're good. Father, you're good. I trust you, Father, because I, listen, if I exert my own will, the freedom to exercise my own will doesn't make me free. God, the Father, has another idea of freedom maybe than we could even possibly understand. He's wanting to liberate everybody. 
Christ Jesus said, for freedom I came to what? Set you free. So here it is. And Peter's going, man, he's going to unpack this thing. Hey, exercise your faith. So what do I mean when I say exercise? You must believe that he is eyes on target. He's got everything. He knows what's going on in your life right now. He's very present. In the time of trouble, cast all your cares on him for he believes. Yeah. I, I can trust you, Father. Yeah. And I can trust that although I don't know the outcome, even in five minutes from now, you've got my hand. Mm-hmm. That you're going to take me through it. Right? And it is going to be good. Yeah. Because you reward with your very own nature. His, he restores our image and likeness. And he also will give you a natural physical blessing. <laughs> he will. He's not just kind. He's also good. Kindness, kindness is an in, intrinsic attribute. Goodness is an outward attribute. Meaning that he physically does things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Amen. We've been drawn up into the Father. This is a revelation of the goodness of a benevolent and loving Father. Man, you know why you're talking about four-year-olds? Because that's pre-six-year-old. When, <laughs> what I mean by that is a lot of six-year-olds are damaged. Yes. But pre that, in the four-year-old, if you know anything about raising children, we have six, we're raising them. The four-year-old to six-year-old stage is crucial to human development. It's crucial to human development. It'll probably track with you the rest of your life, that two-year space. And we're, you know, I'm watching it with, we have a four-year-old, Leander Jude, uh, and he's just like, I pray for you, and it's good, Dad. He jumped up on my bed, put his hand on my head, I pray for you, you're healed. He talks like that, he expects a miracle. He's a millennial, or a post-millennial. <laughs> because he doesn't have a concept, he's so loved. He has been since anybody that knows him, he's so loved, he doesn't have a concept that the Father wouldn't take care of him. He has no concept. And so if he prays for you, he expects to get something from the Father. It's because he's four years old. And I just pray his transition from four to six will be power. So that all that boy knows is the Father loves me, delights in me. And see, some of us, we've been so wounded in this area, deep, most of us. And I think that the only way for the healing to come is we must go into his presence. Yes. we got to fight for his presence. we got to say, Lord, take the chains out of my life. Take the thing that have infected me called sin and remove it out of me. Sanctify me. Make me whole like you. Restore me back to your love, Father. Yes. And he will. And don't think that the Father is mean to you when he takes you through a hard place. Yes. He does everything for his sons and daughters because he delights in us. We need that belief system, and that's what Peter's talking about. He's saying, exercise that faith. He said, exercise it. What he says, what happens when you exercise faith, it will lead to virtues. So what happens is you get, watch this, I'm, like, I'm an implied classic, but he says excellence, resolution, and Christian energy. I'm not diminished. You're not diminished because of uh, your older age or... If I was just young again. It's, no, he says Christian energy. He can give Christian energy to the 100-year-old all the way down to the 1-year-old. You don't have to be diminished. So in exercising virtue, develop knowledge and intelligence. Now, he says in exercising knowledge now, and this is what I didn't want to do this morning, is just start out with a sermon without going, well, he said don't do it. Demonstrate my presence before you even talk to my people. Let them know demonstration before revelation. Or being demonstrative. Have a demonstration first of my love for you. And so he says, says, now, develop knowledge. Yes, okay, then go on from knowledge to self-control. Then he says, now go from self-control to steadfastness, patience, endurance. Then he says, now go from that to godliness. And he says, go from that godliness to brotherly affection. Then he says, and I love this, he says, from brotherly affection to Christian love. Mm-hmm. Now, i, I got to tell you this. I didn't pretty much love anybody but myself most of my life. So the fact of coming to loving God's people or loving my family is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, that the height of what I think that's happened with many people is we get to Christian love, and I'm not saying that this isn't powerful, but the Holy Spirit shared this with me. Because I saw Christian love as the height of human attainment. I think John Wesley did too. And a lot of revivalists did. But there's a dimension beyond it. 
Because it's still man-centered. And this is what basically my assignment is today is to, to say, yes, Peter's saying Christian love, you know, when we love one another, you know, we want to lay our lives down for one another. We're looking out for others. We're actually hearing what they're saying. We're caring about other people. So much of the church hasn't even got into that. A lot of people right now in our culture are dealing with steadfastness because they just got out of some self-control. They're working on self-control. Most of the culture is into a self-control movement right now. And you know after self-control, he says come steadfastness. So he keeps on going on beyond self-control. You know, athleticism and working through, you know, trying to keep yourself, you know, eating right and all this. So many people are caught up in just self-control. And the Lord's like, there's four dimensions beyond self-control. There's Christian love. And what really blasted me by, by the Lord is when I got into this and I saw Christian love and I said, oh, that's all I've ever thought. If I could just arrive at Christian love, if I could love my wife and kids, if I could love my friends, if I could hear your voices more than my own, if I could just put my arms around you and tell you how much the Father loves you, that I had arrived. Then the Holy Spirit opened my eyes. He said, look at what Peter says. Now, watch this, because I, I really think this is so... I think I'm sitting in an audience that understands this, or I wouldn't be allowed to communicate it, because we would have to be talking about steadfastness. But I think many of you have learned what it means to be vacated of present reality while you're waiting on Holy Spirit to move in your life. I believe that many of you have started to learn what it means to walk through the darkness of self-hatred and start to learn that I'm approved of by the Father. And I think many of you have learned also that beyond that, I'm starting to love other people more than myself. But there's a place in God that's beyond that. Let me put it to you this way. Jacob, he went to Bethel, and it was called the house of God. But later on, he'll go to, 20 years later, to El Bethel. El means God, or it comes from Elohim. But it means the God of the house of God. Yes. Listen, the revival, the awakening, the, the power of God to be expressed. I'm talking about mm, power like creative power. I'm talking about power that everybody gets healed, everybody gets saved. You got to go to El Bethel. You got to come to know the God above the house of God. And many of you, we've had to, we've been out on the fringe. We got to know Him and hear about Him in the house of God, but we're going to have to see Him, like Job forty-two says. My ears heard of you, but now my eyes see you. And I pour myself in repentant dust and ashes. I've had a revelation. Not of the God I heard about, but God himself. This dimension is what Peter is actually going to express to us. The El Bethel of God. God himself. No more satisfied with all the house of God work. we got to have God. Not just satisfied that my heart has learned to finally love. But i got to have God that He somehow sits outside of even my love. That's glorious because so many of us have not known love. But all oh men to know God who is outside of time and space. This is where this thing has got to go. And this is where the Father is drawing us up through. And it's terrified us. Yes. He's terrifying. He's ter- ter- literally terrified me and in the fear of the Lord and, and to be drawn up into the heavens to ascend up outside of I mean overcoming Paul talks about that, um, what is this the, this is the victory that over, this wasn't Paul this is in one of the John this is the victory that overcomes the world even our what faith but what if there's a place beyond the world did you know there is Nicodemus John chapter 3 Jesus says look if you don't understand things of the earth how can I tell you of heavenly things? Listen, the church has got to overcome the world. Yes. But there's another dimension outside the space of the world. It's called the heavens. And he says, I'm going to shake what? And the earth. The Lord, what can be shaken in an earthly dimension? I mean, on a national level? I mean, on an international capacity? 
The Lord wants the church to move into a place where, like Jacob did, the world has been overcome. It's not infecting us. It can't get at us. It, it can't touch us. Christian love is the path to the world being overcome. But there is a capacity in God that is beyond the world. There is a heavens that sits outside of the world. And He's above the heavens in the, in the sides of the north, seated on a throne right now. The Lord is lifting the church up and ascending the church up to that place with Him so that we may look on Him to see Him and become like Him. And so this is what Peter's talking about. He's saying... Uh, at least this is the way the Lord put it to me was okay guys it's exciting we've made it to Christian love but he's like I want to draw you up so he says these qualities are yours verse uh, 8 they're yours and they increasingly abound in you they will keep you from being idle and unfruitful and two the full personal knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted. Now I want you, you you've got to see this because this is an impediment and the Lord wants us to know what it is. And He highlighted this to me in my notes this morning. He wants us to see these two impediments. Listen, because they will mess with you and it'll get it at God's people who are being drawn up into what I'm talking about, about El Bethel. He said... He sees only what is near to him. And has become oblivious. Listen, listen you got to hear this from the Lord this morning. And because I, I, I tell you, I preached to myself to that, that he has been cleansed from his old sins. You get a hold of that. That one verse. You get a hold of that. Get a hold hold of it by revelation of God this morning. I, I pray this revelation falls on us. Because he's saying blindness. Peter is introducing this concept and this idea from the Holy Spirit because he's saying this is an impediment to our first future development. What is the impediment? Namely, one, to pay attention to what is near to you. Now, here's what he means. He means that that which is not spiritual but that which is natural. You move into Christian love, you love, you, you fully love, and then what happens? All these attacks start coming. I mean, things are fielding against you. Like I said, it's going to be in three areas. Now you can write these down. It will come from your direction, your provision, and your protection. Three areas, three areas for us that the Lord's going to have it this way that we trust Him in for direction, for protection, and for provision. Now that provision is both financial and health-related issues. Direction, I don't know what to do. Anybody else there? <laughs> I literally don't know what to do. I don't even know how to put one foot in front of the other. Most of the time, can't plan anymore. Don't really know because, I, because when you're given over to God, you don't plan your life. Amen. You're not your own. Right. You've been bought with a price. You've been purchased. You've been redeemed by blood. We're not our own. You really come to a capacity of knowing that. So direction, you've got to see what the Father is doing. Amen. The Lord said, I only do what I what? See my Father. He had eyes on the Father. Amen. Direction. You've got to have prophetic revelation based in God's holy word. And you have to have a revelation of Him. Um, Hebrews 11, I like this translation. I say it a lot. But faith is. Now, I, I study this in the Greek even, try to get into the deep etymology of this passage. The Holy Spirit put me on it. Faith is the title deed hoped for. The objective proof of an unseen reality. Now, here's, why, here's why this is important about direction. You and I need objective proof proof of an unseen reality. You cannot stand on something that is not objectively true. If it's just subjective, it will undermine you. Meaning, I felt like God said. That, that, is, not, that is not good enough. 
I think God said. That is not good enough. You notice that is intellectualism and emotionalism. I felt like he did, and I think he did. What does God's word say? Then he will give you his word, but he will tie that usually to another scripture or to an encounter with him, and it will match. When it does, you can stand on it. Otherwise, it is not stand, you cannot stand on God's direction under a subjective revelation. If you try to, you will step out in what you it's called presumption. You will move out in faith and the Lord won't be there. And do you know so many people have got hurt in this area so bad that they have quit trusting the Lord because they're so hurt because their revelation was subjective, not objective. The Lord doesn't want you to have a subjective revelation based in feelings, emotions, and intellectualism. He wants it based in His Word. Amen. Please hear me on this because when you're just eyes on the Father and you don't know what you're going to do with yourself, you've got to have real, actionable, objective proof. You can't, you can't move out to get the title deed, what He's told you to go after, out of the realm of the heavens and pull it back into the earth without objective proof. Because you won't be pulling heaven to earth. You'll be pulling some presumptuous idea into something that won't manifest itself and you'll be like, oh! And I tell you, a lot of people in the church, now the gracious brotherly loved ones don't have a problem with that because they're like, I've done it. I've moved out in faith and, ah! you know, Christ to burn, but they still love you. But there's a lot of other people that won't. They'll say, see, I told you that you don't have a word from God. And then it beats you up, boom, 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 then you're down back. And the enemy loves to rail against that kind of person. I, I think Beth Moore said this. I was in a women's Bible study years ago with Kara. <laughs> but she said, she said, err on the side of faith, not fear. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's the best way. I'd rather go leaping off into God right. and mess it up and crash and be and, I, and pioneer for God than to sit there and be like, I don't know. And it's very uncommon. I, Peter, he did it. He's like, man, I'm stepping on water. I'm walking on this thing. And he looks down, but 11 other ones didn't do it. Somebody did. It's better to jump out there and throw the car off the proverbially off the cliff and say, I'm running this thing out because he's going to catch it. And if he don't, oh, well, he'll raise me from the dead. <laughs> and that's, that's the mentality of faith. That's the mentality of faith. Put your foot to the accelerator and run that thing out. Here I go. I mean, either it's going to turn into a spacecraft, an airplane, it's going to crash, but I don't know what God's going to do. Listen, this realm of getting to know Him is like that. Now, don't get the metaphor all messed up about crashing cars. I just like going fast and I like cars, but let God use His own metaphor for you. Direction, that's the prophetic revelation then comes protection. You know, there's nothing worse than feeling, and I, and I especially feel for ladies in this because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're in an insecure environment where you're not going to be taken care of. That is a really bad feeling. And I had no real understanding of what a lady would feel until going through this with God myself now and starting to feel what it feels like to be completely unprotected and don't know how to take care of things. And I thought, that's what y'all experience. You know, and you're hoping that some knight in shining armor will come and rescue you up and take care of you, or the Lord. You know, but that feeling of it closes in on you. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you've ever been afraid, if you've ever faced fear, if you've ever felt alone, and you feel like you're being just closed in. I finally got to feel some of that. And I'm going to tell you, that was a really bad feeling. And, and it takes courage to say, he'll protect me. Yeah. It takes courage to, be, to go into an environment, however the Holy Spirit leads you, to go into an environment where you're threatened all the way around. Maybe with life, maybe, maybe with uh, other aspects of your life, but you're threatened and stand there and say, I tell you what, the Lord put me up to this and I'm going to stand my ground. Just like the little nun did who spoke against the threatening voice. It's going to take faith to say, I trust for my protection right now 
and I am under the shadow of the Most High, and I have uh, the wings of the dawn, and I will fly in the middle of this thing, and you got it, Lord! They're going to be like, well, he's got it, but you know, you got my protection. I don't have to secure myself, because there's the Lord will allow you to feel unprotected to show you that he's with you. Amen. And so, you know, when that happens to you and you're experiencing that, just stand in it and wait for your salvation. And this is where people get angry and mad and sad. And, and, but we need an oil of gladness. <laughs> we need to be cloaked in heavenly royalty. Okay, so then, and then provision. So direction, protection, provision. How am I going to take care of this, uh, you know, financially, uh, physically, uh, my family, my friends, me, myself. How are we going to get through this? Because we, we don't, there's no, when you make an access point, an access entry point on this, there's no way for you to pre, uh, know ahead of time how you're going to field these issues. You have a word from the Lord back from direction. But now you've come into a place where it's really being tested and run through. And I'll tell you, the enemy, and he's on a rope or a chain or whatever. The Lord's in control of everything. I mean, Lucifer is at his beck and call. Or the Satan is, you know, the accuser is what he is. He's trying to create conflicts and problems for you. And the Lord wants us to stand in it uh, and be be resolute. Uh, you may threaten all of my belongings and may lose everything I've got, but I'm, here I stand. I don't know what's going to happen to my health, like saying they pray for that man with a club foot, but 24-7, I pray until I get my miracle. I'm not moving off the, uh, Sue and I, we were talking about this this last week, I'm not moving off the bloodline. The blood has purchased this, the blood has paid for it, the blood is good enough, I, I have the blood. I have the blood not just shed at the cross, but the blood applied at the mercy seat. And I'm going to stand in it no matter what happens. And this is the making of a royal. So he's saying that, look, um, he's saying now to get a full personal knowledge of this royal king that you and I serve. Okay, because you're becoming like him. Now, whoever lacks this, again, is paying attention to what's near him. So why don't, we, why don't we go in the press of the world? Because you know this, it, it knocks you out of the realm of paying attention to what's going on in your life and mine. When you get in the presence of God, you're like, what? I, what was I upset about? It's not even anything compared to you. Oh, I glory in your worship and in your presence. I don't even care anymore. Right? Right? That's why we must endeavor to go there, endeavor to go there, endeavor to be there. Because otherwise, we have a proclivity to look at two things, what's near us and our sin. The enemy loves you to do this. He wants you to turn internal on your own stuff and start to say, well, yeah, I got this, all these problems. And what he's saying here is it's short-sighted to do that. He said we've been freed from the old sin. I'm going to tell you now, it takes some belief, especially when the old sin tries to bring itself up. Yeah. You know, and things don't come out right. When the old sin comes up, hey, repent. Amen. Confess it, repent it, be done with it, and let's move on. Amen. You know, if you confess your sins, you're faithful and just forgive you of your sins, and what? Cleanse you from some unrighteousness. Don't say some. It says all. That means that you are righteous right there at that point until the old sin comes back. Settle it with the Lord. Now don't not repent because people say that's called hyper grace message. You don't need to repent of anything. You're just free all the time. Do not do that. That is a trick of the enemy. You hurt somebody, you do something wrong, you make it right. You, you have to because the enemy will unload on you until you do. And the Lord will let him. Make it right. Now, because of this, brethren, be all the more solicitous and eager to make sure to ratify and strengthen, make steadfast your calling and election. What is he saying? He's saying, you got to know where you come from and where you're going. You got to know your predestined and electeds. You got to know that you came from the Father and you're going back to. Yes. You got to know it. And the deeper you go in this, the greater the revelation 
that you were with him before time began will start to come to you. The Father will reveal that journeys with you of, oh, I was with you. He, Peter's saying, as far as the east is from the west, you must know infinitely his love for you. You must know you were predestined and you were elected. He's like, you must, you need to pay attention to this, and I do too. I came from God, the Father, and I'm going back to the Father. I was with Him and He threw me into this body, a sinful body, to be redeemed back to Him. I was up there with Him before time. You and I were. He threw us into these bodies. We have our journey in time. We're going back to Him. John 13, it says, Jesus knowing that His time had come, girded Himself with a towel because He knew two things. He knew that He came from the Father and that He was going back to the Father. So this is crucial and Peter's saying this is crucial why he says you've got to make sure of your calling and election ratify it write it down i have to do this all the time i have i keep track of everything that's going on with our family and ministry prophetically i track it and i look at it this morning i was reading it again making sure ratifying it's the father that's saying to me you know why because all these things are coming against and trying to tell me that that's not not true. true that's right and it's doing it to you too that's right take a journal Right. Put your stuff down, your encounters with the Lord, and call it back to remembrance. You've got to. Um, He says, make sure and be steadfast about this. And what does it say? You will never stumble or fall. (laughs) Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry. That's what the Lord said to me this morning. Access the entry point before you teach. Go ahead and just access the entry. He says, if you're making sure of your calling and election, you've come to this place in God, there will be an entry point for you to come into. That means all the provision, protection, and uh, direction you need is right here, right now for everybody. And there's power to save, power to deliver, power to heal right now. There's nothing that you need right now that the Father can't handle right now. Okay, so he says there's an entry point. And it will be abundantly provided for you. So he says, I intend always to remind you of this, about these things. Also, indeed, you know them and are firm in the truth and you know how to take hold. I love this about Peter. I love this about him. I mean, it almost would break my heart, but he's basically telling us, I believe about you. I believe in you. And I love that, uh, an apostolic father figure that says, I believe in you. Peter's saying that. I know that you can take hold. I'm not telling you that you're, you have to give to some arrival. I believe in you, Rafi Asad. <laughs> it's what Peter's saying. I believe in you. And that's the most powerful thing you can give to someone else is to call those things which not, are not Amen. as though they are. You're saying, I believe in you. It's the most powerful thing you'll ever do for a child. It's the most powerful thing that's ever happened in your life. You think of the people who have believed in you when you're like, no, you don't understand. I'm jacked up. (laughs) And they say, no, I believe you're the kind of person that can take hold. And that's what I see in you, and that's all I see in you, and that's all I I refuse to believe a different testimony about you. Now watch this. Peter's saying, uh, saying this because he says, I, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tabernacle to stir you up by way of remembrance since I know that the laying aside of this body of mine is going to come speedily. Uh, Peter's about to face death. They're going to hang him upside down. Mm-hmm. Peter's about to face his mor- mortality. And this is what he wants to say. I think it's just like, oh, oh you... You're giving out such the most beautiful revelation, Peter, and you're about to die. He's like, I'm, I'm going to go out like a bright light burning. And I'm going to tell all my brothers and sisters how to get into the entry point. Because I've been there. He says, I'm going to endeavor with everything that I have and before I die to call all things to remembrance for you, to mind, to call it for you, to call it in mind. For we are not following cleverly devised stories when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus, but we are eyewitnesses of His majesty, His authority, and His sovereign power. When? 
For when he was invested with honor and glory from God the Father, and a voice was born to him by a splendid, majestic glory and the bright cloud that overshadowed him, saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I love, please. We actually heard the voice born out of heaven. For we were together with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word made firmer, even more firmer still. You will do well to pay close attention to it as a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid, and dark place until the day breaks. The gloom and the morning star rises into your hearts. I was like facing the wall. I guess it was in March. I caught facing the wall because, and I know that you've been here, but it's when you can't see anything and everything in your vision is dark. Mm-hmm. And I was in my bedroom. I turned on the worship. And I used to really be, and I know this sounds bad, but I get embarrassed worshiping in front of my wife because I don't know if I'm going to lose my way. And I don't want her to look at me in shame, you know. It has to come off, you know. But I get embarrassed, and I've since lost that <laughs> because I don't mind being more undignified than this, losing the care of dignity because you got to have him. Yes. Yes. Come on, yes. And I just stepped right there, and we got this little armoire or whatever, and I stepped right up to it. I turned that worship up as loud as I could crank it, and it's just blasting me. And all I see is darkness. Now, I come through 20 rounds of uh, demonic attack over this last year. And it just 10 sets and then another 10 sets. And I mean, I just completely lose it and shake all over and crying. And uh, getting to know this God above the house of God. And just absolutely terrified. And I'm, I'm standing there and I was like, God, say you're good. And I trust you. And I love you. And I'm going to hold the line. And I'm going to fight for this position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and all I see is darkness in the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, one little pixel of light opened up. And I was like, Whoa! 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 Jesus! Oh! You know, like, oh my goodness, it just like hit me right in the center of my chest. One pixel of light. Y'all know about your 1080p, you know, it's got a thousand and eighty p, you know. It was a pixel of light. It was like a pinpoint of light broke through the darkness and hit my soul. And and the revelation of the of the light shining out of the darkness came to me and he says, It's me. And I said, I can't I can't handle you. It was so much love and it's one pixel. And he said, the light that's coming on the glory of the church is going to go out into all the darkness is going to be yes. obliterated. Yes. And I said, Lord, if you do that, it'll drop us all. We won't be able to take it. We won't be able to handle any more light than that pixel. And he told me, be faithful with your little pixel ministry. <laughs> He's like, just be faithful with the pixel and I'll give you two. Oh, be faithful with two pixels and I'll give you three. And I'll start to, I'll start to uh, let that light shine into the hearts of my people and they'll arise. And the Lord will build a global move. And I, because when light hits light and it starts, the light starts hitting all of us, everybody's going to be awakened to the yes. glory and majesty of this man. And I didn't know that I had to go through all those trials, 15 years of trials since Karen and I left the Air Force, 15 years of trial to get a pixel. <laughs> but I was like, I'll take that pixel every day. Because it's glorious, the presence and the power of God. It's glorious. And now, you know, my, my, my desire now, and I hope that, that it would be our desire is, Lord, open the light up. You know, you know like in Isaiah, he talks about that. Peter's talking about, Paul talks about in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter number 4, I think, or 5. He's talking about this glorious light breaking in. He talks about Jesus, this light. says that he comes in, a cloud, Solomon talked about him coming in a cloud of darkness. Mm-hmm. But he was light 
inside of the darkness. And so when the darkness seems to overshadow us and come in, you're probably closer to the Lord than you've ever been. He started like, let me see that. He said, oh, it's me. I said, I'm going to run. I want to run away from you. I don't like the darkness. But he's like, no, it's me. I'm closer to you than I've ever been. The place where you feel the most vacant sometimes and the most left high and dry and alone may be your greatest moment of destiny and breakthrough. Give way to the light. Just give way because the light is coming. The light's going to come and push out all the darkness on this earth. And it's going to happen in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Let's close. Lord, we just thank you this morning. Thank you for light. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lord, um, is it Sandy? Why she, why she brought that word forth? Lord, that we may live Amen. and not die. Amen. Lord, that we, you're bringing us into a capacity, Jesus, where we, uh, we're tasting our birth, Lord. And then, yeah. Lord, you want us to look death in the face. Yes. The death can't have a sting in us anymore. Amen. Because it's swallowed up in victory. Amen. Jesus, I pray that this revelation of you as light will start to break into our souls. Let it begin and let this awakening begin. Lord, that we may behold you and know you and see you for who you really are. Jesus, we just bless you this morning. Bless you for your understanding that you bring, for your revelation that you bring. And bless every single servant, son and daughter in here this morning. I just pray for your your love, Lord, just to pour down. I know that we've tasted your spirit and your presence, Lord, and we've tasted the good word of the age to come. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.